Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bros Pod is brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including a bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. everybody. Uh, welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm Bill Roden in an undisclosed location at Phoenix, Arizona. All I'll tell you is that the sun is shining, there's plenty of light, and it's hot. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, join my, my co-host, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's going on? I'm chilling, Bill. It's, uh, you know, good to talk to you again. It's been a minute. been a minute since we... Uh, we had one of these podcasts, so sorry to the listeners, but we're back. That's true. You know, we have to we you have to remedy that. You know, yeah, yeah, we got can't to. have these gaps. You know, that's true. That's true. But 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 we we make it up because we got a great guest. Uh, if we're going to come back, it's great to come back, not empty-handed, to come back <laughs> with, with gifts. Why don't you why don't you bring in our uh, our guest, Jamal? No doubt about it. As you said, we got a special special guest today, uh, friend and. Uh, a very accomplished person in the basketball business, Chris Walker, a former Villanova guard, uh, played under Roly Massimino, as we were talking about off air. Uh, he's also a former head coach at Texas Tech, and he's currently uh, in studio, a studio and game analyst at CBS Sports. And I don't want to forget, he's also an author. Uh, he wrote the book Elephant in Our Room. So we'll talk about some of that. But Chris, thanks for joining us. Oh, man, this is absolutely a pleasure. Uh, to be on with both you guys, man. Bill, I've followed you from afar, and Jamal, obviously, we know each other from being in BK together, and uh, you came on my podcast, and you're the only guy on Twitter that I read that absolutely has zero knowledge of what he's talking about. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I appreciate <laughs> The definition of board. <laughs> the black intelligence. <laughs> oh, man. So, Chris, so you're in New York now. Uh, this is kind of day one of March Madness. Yeah. I'm just curious, man. You played you play this tournament. And you played for the great Roly Massimino. Uh, what's it like for you, um, you know, engaging in March Madness from this side of the microphone as opposed to when you were, you know, when you were playing? You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's t- it was so long ago, to be honest with you guys, that uh, some of the same memories are still there when you see the kids are happy when they get into the tournament. It just wasn't on television the way it wasn't magnified the way it is now because we have social media and there's so many different uh, things that people, you know, kids have camera phones. When I played, there were no phones. We had pay phones. You know what I mean? So I it's just a little bit different. <laughs> but you know what's funny? When back then, and you, and Bill, you can attest this because Jamal's, you know, he's still uh, drinking Similac. We, <laughs> I'm telling you, we 
didn't miss. We didn't know what we didn't have. You know exactly. what I'm saying? We, exactly. we just didn't know. And so we had just as much fun as those guys have now. And uh, I mean, shout out to those kids that get that opportunity. When you hear your name called, and I played on a couple of teams that, you know, as we mentioned off air about the real Big East, it was, you know, Syracuse and it oh, was man. Alonzo morning, De- morning in Dikembe, Georgetown. Oh, Not what's going on right now. You yeah, know, I mean, it was no, Derek Coleman no. and Billy Owen in Syracuse. Oh my God! Sure. So it is. It's a very different Big East. No disrespect to those guys, and I'm a Villanova guy, and I love what Jay Rice doing, but it was very different back then. And so it was really, it was harder to get in than it is now. Right. Oh man, the Big East then, man, that was like, it, I mean, it, it's hard to even explain. Yeah, what it was like the 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 Big East tournament, man. The blood, the, the floor was covered with blood because it was oh, just it was no vicious, idea. man. Uh, that's when that's when Bill Raftery actually had black hair back then. Like he said, his hair so great now. I'm like, I even recognize him now. <laughs> what, what do you think, Chris? I'm just curious. You brought up Georgetown. As somebody who knew Georgetown in the day, and Big John and Carnesecca was probably there when you were there. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what do you What do you think of what what Georgetown is going through now? Under you know, because Patrick was a legendary player. Right. Uh, when you think that you see Georgetown now is just a shell of itself. Uh, what, what What do you think? You know, it's got, it's hard to, sit, to to watch, actually, because, you know, I grew up, I actually chose between Georgetown and Villanova to go to college, oddly enough. And uh, and I grew up in Houston, where Five Slamma Jamma was during mm. the time. So when mm. Houston, I'm sorry, when Georgetown lost to Villanova, I cried that night because people don't understand how big a pop culture George, Georgetown was in the 80s. Yeah. That's when rap music and hip hop began to take off. And everybody knew about that little dog with the little G hat on it. And that was the thing. It was L.A. Raider gear and Georgetown gear. Mm. So Georgetown was very much a part of the culture like Jordans are today. So to see where it is now. You know, it's, it's, it's disheartening to a degree. You know, obviously, Patrick, you know, who's not cheering for Patrick to get this thing done? There's clearly some things that they have to do differently. I don't want to say what those things are because I don't know what those things are. But uh, there definitely has to be some, you know, again, if, if, if Georgetown is an iconic program, Georgetown used to be a blue blood. People, I mean, yeah. it's hard. Like kids growing up today don't really like, like I would say, like if a kid child grows up today, they don't even know what a pay phone is or house phone. Right. Right. Kids growing up today thinks Georgetown is terrible. But I'm like, when I try to tell them, I don't understand. Georgetown used to be this. And they're like, they're sorry. I'm like, no, you don't get it. And that's just, it's, that's just what it's like talking about Marquette from back right. in the day or Notre Dame when David Rivers played there or right. Paul when Rod Strickland played there. It's just, it's a far gone conclusion of what they used to be. So they're just, uh, or you're right, they're a shell of themselves. And they got to, you know, I don't, I don't like to criticize coaches, uh, but, you know, they got to get some things going in a different direction. That's just, that's just being honest. Well, what do you know? I mean, you were a head coach. I mean, you were right. a coach at uh, Texas uh, Tech. Texas Tech. Right. Uh, so, you know, you've been through this evolution. You play, you play for legendary head coach, then you want to be a coach, and then you are a head coach. And you see what goes into it, uh, how helpless sometimes you are. You could do everything you could do Monday through Friday. Then right. it comes Saturday. Right. Uh, so when you look at Ewing and you look at Patrick, uh, I guess there's a part of you that can empathize with just how hard it is uh, to coach and to be successful. You know, the other thing is Pat came from the NBA game. So, you know, I've, always, I've coached 25 years, so I understand, you know, how it works, you know, the grassroots part of it, dealing with parents, 
dealing with the expectations because that was that's that is what life is all about. I've never been married, but I can't imagine married you know guys having to deal with. It's not necessarily what what they what they get; it's what they think they're going to get. You see what I'm saying? We <laughs> <laughs> so, just said a lot then. But that's what you're dealing with in college. The expectations or through the roofs and uh, through the roof. And, and when you're a guy from the NBA, I, I remember talking to this one NBA uh, coach and I was like, Hey coach, uh, you know, you should recruit this kid. And he says, well, you know, does he, does he do this like Kiki Vandeway? And does he do this like Rick Barry? I said, coach, they don't even know who those guys are. Like you gotta, you gotta fast forward the way you think because none of those guys are going to ever be as good as you are or the good guys you played against. So you got to, you got to, you know, live in this world. My uncle, I have two uncles that are mega pastors, right? And then, and I, and I was, and I used to be like, well, why are you guys building gyms? He says, because if you don't build a gym, you can't get the kids there and the kids there get the parents there. So in order to teach them, you got to reach them. That's what's going on with these guys coming to the NBA. They don't know how to reach them. All they want to do is teach them. That wow. makes sense. Wow. So what do you, what about the state of the game now? And, you know, in, not just the Big East. I mean, I wanted to ask you if you ever thought the Big East could not get back to where it was because that was ridiculous where it used to be, but, you know, start producing pros like like they used to maybe. But also just the state of the game and how college basketball has become this kind of niche sport uh, where people don't really follow it until March Madness. Do you ever see, you know, the game coming back to where it was? You know, here's the thing. I, I, I don't know if I agree or disagree with that because people don't follow baseball to the World Series. People don't follow the NBA to the fourth quarter. Right. And then the all-star game and, and people, some people don't look, well, football is different. It's just a, a, a much different sport right. uh, in our country. Cause it's a weekend sport, blah, 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 stuff for NFL. Where they're almost playing every day. But at the end of the day, they're the, the one and done. Think about it. When I played, Patrick Ewing was in college every year. Right. Lonzo Mourning was in college every year. Like it was cool to be in college. Right. Right. The NBA, their guys are in college. They were bigger stars than the guys in the NBA. Right. You know, like you would never think like I'm gonna go play against Magic. There are guys that actually think they can beat LeBron or beat KD. And, and they've been and they're 17 years old. That's the culture. And I believe that's the culture social media is created because it makes it things makes it look like things are so tangible when they're really not. You got people out there that think they're as smart as Bill Roden just because they got a such and such on the SAT and they did X, Y, and Z, or they got uh 10 million followers. And that's the world we live in right now, right? Mm-hmm. And, and people are glorifying them for that. And then all of a sudden they realize it's not as easy as they think it is, you know? So we just live in a different time where the tone and tenor is more uh, uh, sizzle and not steak. And uh, back then, you know, it was just, you just did not believe that you were worthy to say, well, man, I can go play against Larry Bird. <laughs> but that, that, that's, think about it. When I was playing, that who was in the NBA. Right. So it's like, oh, man, Isaiah Thomas, I can get him. These guys actually believe <laughs> They actually believe they can go out and do Steph Curry. They right. believe that because they right. went to the Steph Curry camp and because Nike has the EYBL. That's what's going on right now. So, And you can't blame them, and I say this all the time, because the NBA keeps picking them. So why should they think anything different? So, are they, so, so, so to Jamal's question, I mean, you have to, there's a thin line. I remember I'd be talking to, to Oscar. And, uh, and Oscar was always, Oscar Robertson was always, you know, Oscar is always famous for like, ah, oh, these guys and all that. And I said, well, Oscar, what would an old guy say about you when yeah. your guys came in? That's the same thing. So I want to ask you kind of Jamal's question, is the game better? I mean, players are 
or bigger, uh, are the, it has a talent level. I mean, I don't think generations get worse. Right. I don't think it gets worse. Right. Uh, but I mean, this is another way of asking that same question. Do you think the players are as good? Do you think that uh, the product is as good? Uh, the players are 1,000% better. Now, you're talking about, is there a Julius Irving out there? Is there a Magic Johnson? They're like generational, you know, one-offs, but the, the guys are bigger. Think about it. When we grew up, there was no training. There was no eating programs. There were no, you know, uh, uh, AAU tournaments where you could play basketball, sports specific. You know, there was none of this stuff. Stretch, you know, yoga. Like there's, you know, guys are taller. Uh, and uh, and at the end of the day, when we were kids, we played every sport. These guys, they focus on one thing, you know. Right. Players are faster. I mean, every metric, they're longer, they're faster, they're better. And I know the old school, I used to fight with John Lucas all the time about this. And he'll talk about some Lou Dampier, some of these old guys. I said, listen, man, I love those guys. But in today's NBA, Ralph Sampson would be a star. Right. Ralph Sampson was before his time. Because today right. he would be the best player on the court. Right. But back then, because he wasn't a back-to-the-basket guy, everybody thought he was a scrub player next to Elijah one. So there are guys that are generational that are just before their time. You know, like a comedian that's so funny that people don't get him, <laughs> and all of a sudden a clone of him comes along 20 years later. I'm like, yo, that's what that guy was. You know, like a guy like Paul Mooney was just before his time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And he was as funny as Richard Pryor, but, mm, you know, so my thing is, um, the players are absolutely better. Now, what again, it depends on generations because I'm a LeBron guy, and there are people that I'm sure Bill, I don't have to, I can look at Bill and already tell he's a Jordan guy. So, what I'm saying, I I'm absolutely am not. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a good setup question. Thank God. Absolutely but, but my not. thing is, well, the guy above you is. So, what I'm saying is, <laughs> but, but my thing is, it's just different what they have to take on outside the court and still perform on the court. The players are better because they're bigger, stronger, faster, and more skilled, in my opinion. So let's talk about the tournament a little bit, because that's one thing, like you said, even when you were playing, you played uh, for, for, for Roley. Uh, and there's certain things that are just that are just essential uh, to the final, to, to March Madness. The excitement, right. the idea, the, the hoopla and all that. So tell us a little bit about this tournament, because um, you follow this stuff. Right. Um, who should we be focusing in on? What 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 are the storylines? Uh, you know, can can Gonzaga finally get it done? That's one storyline. You know, people have talked about them forever. They're not a big major. They play in a, a I don't want to say lower league, but not as good as league as the Power Six leagues. Can they finally get it done? Is the question. And uh, I would say a, a, another storyline is um, uh, Kansas. You know, like this is one of the years they don't have as good a talent, but they're, they're number one seed. And and we'll see if they can win. One of my picks right now, I don't know if they lost or not since I've been on the Zoom, but Iowa, you know, I picked them to go to the Final Four, and I'm not sure if they won. Uh -oh. uh, they got upset. Uh -oh. You know, it's just, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's just one of those years because of COVID. That's the other thing we got to talk about. Because of COVID, you have guys that are older playing, right? They come back for an extra year like Ed Cooley. Uh, his one, two of his dominant players are guys that got an extra year. Right. Uh, you have the transfer portal. So you have kids that have played at three different schools that are stars right. now, where <laughs> before they were looked down upon because they were kids that, oh, if he's a malcontent, he's a bad kid because he transferred. Now it's glorified. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now it's glorified because Calipari, who's the apex of the coaching community when it comes to kids want to go to the NBA and, and, and flaunting the league, five of his top seven players are transfers. 
Wow. You know what I'm saying? So the world of college basketball is very, very different now. And, and you know, it's like, you know, people talk about marijuana, whether it's legalized and this and that. And during the 80s, you know, uh, uh, say no to drugs and all that kind of stuff. Guys now, since marijuana is legal, back then, the same thing you do now, you would go to jail for. Right? <laughs> you can actually walk on the street. I just found out the other day, marijuana is legal in New York. I, I almost fell out. I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what? Again, what I'm saying is what was not glorified 10 years ago. Now everyone's like, oh, man, that's the best thing in the world. Well, you know, Chris, it's like NIL. You know, I'm, yes. I, I'm out here in Arizona State. And I'm talking to Herm Edwards. And he was just saying, man, you know, now you got conferences like this they, they, where, where business communities are coming together yeah. and putting together these like million dollar NIL deals. So and this is all like like stuff that guys would get busted for before would be invalidated. They could be they'd be put on probation. It's totally legal now. And I'm just wondering, what do you think about that? Because it's a to- it's a 360 degree. You know, what's funny. I used to be one of those guys. Again, I coach summer basketball at a high level too. I coach for Adidas. I worked on the Adidas and I worked for Under Armour, both sneaker companies and in, in, in a high level. And you know what's funny? As I got older and matured in the business, here's what I realized because I was a summer coach, you know, so I've seen it all. I've done every single thing. And, and I say, and I'll say to certain people that are educators, because those are the ones, because I worked at Berkeley and, and that thing is so oxymoronic when it comes to sports. It's absolutely ridiculous. I say, so with a kid, so let me get this right. In the NBA, LeBron makes $40 million, The coach makes $5 million, Okay. In college, Nick Saban makes $10 million, The kid makes zero. Okay. Now, when LeBron goes on a plane with the team, he doesn't pay. When LeBron goes to eat, he doesn't pay. Matter of fact, y'all give him meal money, even though you pay him $40 million, You pay for the trainer. You pay for everything. So you think because you give a kid a scholarship, he should get nothing. When right. LeBron pays for nothing else either. So what is it? What is it? What does a kid get for his talent? You're just paying the cost of him being because you benefit from it as well. So the last thing I'll say is, so I was asking this one person in the media, I said, ask a question. Kyle Field put a $400 million renovation on their field at Texas A&M. You, they couldn't put a three hundred and seventy-five and gave twenty-five to the kids because they're the ones that actually make it happen. But they give Jumbo Fisher, you know, X number of dollars, ninety million dollars. And so I say, so the other point when it comes to this is, so when C.D. Lamb from the Cowboys, I'm a big Cowboy fan, when he goes to practice, what is that called? Work. Okay, when the kid from Texas A&M goes to practice, what is that called? Oh, that's part of his scholarship. It is a mind-boggling to me. It's work. It's work. But, but go back to when you were at Villanova. What was your mindset right. when you left Texas to go to Villanova? Did you feel that you were just kind of happy to be there? You were. I, you, I, you, I, yes, I felt that way because that was what it was. The same way the guys didn't leave for the NBA until Kobe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then Kobe changed that whole thing. God, like, well, hold on, I don't have to go to college. You hold because in African Americans, you know, I grew. I was the first person to graduate from college in my generation, and it made me feel like, well, I'm not worth anything, right? If I don't go do that, and that's what society makes us feel. But Bill, there are certain people that are put on this earth to hoop. There are certain that put on this people put on this earth to sing. You understand what I'm saying? There's certain people that have gifts that are favored and touched by God that you can have a million lessons and you can have a million rehearsals and you'll never be like them. And they don't need school. You know what I mean? But the problem is, and, and you got to talk about my book, The Elephant in Our Room, 
is because the elephant in our room is the elephant in black in our room is because of what's been in, in, a, in a, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this bill your inspiration i'm sorry my inspiration was your book 40 million dollar slaves is because we see and i'm in television that medium everything we see that's portrayed us makes us feel like we either got to be an athlete or we got to be an entertainer no one knows who Robert Smith and Cornell is. No one, I mean, I can name a, a bunch of guys that we don't know those people because they're not popular on TV, but doctors aren't popular. Lawyers aren't popular. So get, I don't blame us for thinking that, you know, Good Times is a cool show. Or when I was watching, uh, I was watching um, Don King, not Don King, Don Cornelius. I don't know if you guys saw the Soul Train. Of course. When, when, remember one scene? Well, the white guy walked him into the room, they say, and, he, and they were telling Don, man, that's a really funny show. And it was Sanford and Son. It was the pilot of Sanford and Son. And he said, man, what's, what's funny about a black man in some garbage cans at a junkyard? And, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but guess what? We love that show because we could relate. Right. You see what I'm saying? There are certain people that are, are a different hue that wouldn't let their kids watch Fresh Prince because, oh, that's not how black people live. Right. Or the Cosby show, that's not how black people live. And that is a lot of black people live that way. But when you're not exposed to it, guess what you do? You'll spend all your money to take your kid to Vegas to a summer event, but you won't spend nothing on SAT training. So you can go to certain schools. And the last thing I'll say is this, is that we have an opportunity, right, to go to these universities because we're good in sports. But what we don't do is we don't take from those universities what could actually help us when we leave because we're right. all trying to get to what the NBA and they know it. Listen, you can Bill, you can tell a kid and draw two times to Tuesday that you're that the chance to make to the NBA is this and they will not believe. You. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, is that the out is that outside or inside? You know what I'm saying? And I'm <laughs> saying certainly there's things on the outside that influence us. And, you know, and that make us think certain ways. But what about three guys like ourselves that understand that understand what's on the outside, the exterior, but working on the interior of changing the way we think? Because there are people that come from our ilk that come from nothing and make a lot of themselves because they get it because their concentric circle is good. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's the problem. Who's influencing you? Who's the champion in the room that's telling you not that that's impossible, but let me tell you what is possible. Now, it's not as fun. It may not be as glorious. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? But, and, 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 but I, what I don't want you to do is end up on the side of the road or better yet, not be in a situation where you can't take care of your family, where you can't have a 401k, where you can't retire without working the rest of your, you know what I'm saying? Like those conversations weren't had by my family. So I know as someone who will be working for the rest of his life. I'll be, yeah, I'll be, that's me. But, you know, I mean, I, I guess my, my question, as you watching these kids now, and it must be surreal, you're sitting courtside, you're covering these games, you know, just 20, 30 years ago, that was you. Uh, have, have, have young people gotten smarter? Uh, in other words, you know, you know, like you said, um, you know, African-American athletes have been involved in this stuff for a long time. And the question is, have we learned from previous generations? Have we gotten smarter? Have we talked about, I want to own this. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to own these rims. I want to own this court. I, you know, I want to, what do you think? I, I would say the more things change, the more they stay the same. It, it, only because times dictate the fact that we have, there's more money to be had, you know, and so we can have more money but the ignorance is still prevailing. It's just, it's just amazing what I see uh, from these athletes. I'm like, guys, like stop investing in restaurants, invest in the technology of your game. 
<laughs> invest in things that have that can live in longevity or invest. You know what's funny, Lily and, and Jamal, you guys be like, like, so some of these guys like Nike, think about Nike and, and some of these sneaker companies that make a living off of black athletes, black athletes. Because think about the NBA. The only athletes that have shoes, signature shoes are African-American athletes. Right. But you if you get one of these guys to get them in to go and invest, now some of them do it, don't get me wrong, to invest in the communities they come from, to invest in these kids the same way Jamal would, you know, probably, you know, would be an AAU coach because his son played and had a star and did everything for him. And that guy makes it. The, the first thing he wants to do is leave his community. He's leaving Brooklyn. He don't want anything to do anymore. And they don't put money back into those areas. You know, and, and I'd say the same thing about, you know, entertainers as well. And that's my biggest thing, because it's like, well, I made it. Well, we have a different calling, Bill and Jamal. Our, our thing is different than their thing. You know what I'm saying? So so my thing is, and I, and I get it, it's it's hard to say, well, well, it shouldn't be on my shoulders. Well, guess what? That that's one that's one way to look at it, right? Another way to look at it is, is that this is this is our lot in life, and we need to help those that don't have a leg up, that start at the there's people that start the 50-yard line, there's people start the 10-yard line. Right. And 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 I'm telling you, you're gonna lose that race every time. I don't care how fast you are, right. it's it's designed that way. You know what I mean? And so guess what? We all need help. And, and my thing is, from my perspective, when you say are things different, there are guys out there. Oh, LeBron James changed the game. And that's it, period. He changed the game, period. The point blank, it don't even like this. What he's doing is unbelievable. And I think that's why people, you know, the animus toward him is just so strong because they expect him just to be a basketball player. And he's changing the narrative like I'm an owner. Yeah, that's just one thing that I do because a billionaire, you know what I laughed about? Somebody said, hey, man, you see that billionaire right now? He don't just own one thing. He own a hundred things. So why LeBron got to do one thing? But again, that's how they see us. So how do we change that? You got to change it from the inside out because the outside is never going to change. it. You know what I'm saying? Never. They're going to change that narrative. And that's why it's important to have guys like yourself in the media, guys like Jamal, like myself. We have to tell those stories because other people won't. I'm just telling you they won't. I feel that pressure when I'm in, well, not pressure. I feel that way when I'm announcing games or when I'm doing TV, I'm going to make sure if there's a brother doing well, I'm going to shout him out because I understand the, 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 the power of media. You know what I'm saying? Right. I understand when people watch Fox News, what that does to them or when they watch MSNBC. I see it on planes. I see it in restaurants. It is powerful. They believe it. Right. right. So if they say negative things, guess what? They don't believe it. <laughs> and, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Chris. No, and I was going to say, and that's a choice by the news mediums. People don't understand that. They have a choice about what they're going to put on. <laughs> that's influenced by something. So my thing is, that's why it's good for us to own things and present things our way so we can change that narrative. You know, we do a great job of doing that narrative. Yet. And again, some of it I love is hip hop. We, we present that narrative and, and a lot of it to me is negative. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I don't identify with 90% of it. I like the beats, but that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, what it right. does make some of us, you know, help some of us, you know, get up out of the community and be able to do some things. But as soon as we get out of there, what do we do? All we all is about shiny, 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 shiny. And 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 my thing is, and, and, and the good thing about it gets lost in translation, if you know what I'm saying. Going back to college basketball, you know, along mm-hmm. the same kind of lines. Uh, you were you were a coach for a long time. Obviously, your brother just this past year. We, it was a you know a lot of publicity about uh, more black coaches being hired. 
this year, I think over, you know, over 50% of the new coaches hired were black. So you have a lot more black coaches in the game right now, head coaches. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that's just a blip because of George Floyd? Do you think that's real change? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? I think change is change. Now, obviously, that that helped, again, a narrative. Think about that narrative. Uh, forcing uh, The great Martin Luther King says, you can't legislate morality, but you can regulate behavior. That's called behavior being regulated. That's what that is. You know what I mean? Because it's wrong. And guess what it hasn't been regulated at? In the NFL. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been regulated, right? So clearly there are guys that are good enough, that are capable. But the question is, if you have to force guys that have billions of dollars, Bill knows this more than me. Like, you're going to tell them guys what to do? It's, it's hard because, and that's my thing about the way they see. And, and people may think this is unkind to what I'm saying. I blame the players. I blame the players. They take the money. Right. And they don't realize that, OK, it's about leadership and ownership that one day you're not going to be able to play. And you live in a you're in a sport that in three years you could be done. You have the worst CB, you have the worst players union in sports. So this is this is where your bargaining power is to help your brother and your jobs, because that's a pathway for you one day to be Mike Tomlin. But you know what they do? They take their money, they do their thing. And then all of a sudden they sit on the sidelines when it's time for it to be over. They sit on the sidelines and they point fingers. And that's it, this is the if you know what if the if the players want to make a real change here's my thing if college players want to get paid there should be revenue sharing with the universities not nils because your image and your likeness is tied to the school let's keep it 100 right and they're smart it's tied to the school you're nothing without the school right, right? so right. if they say well let's revenue share right all they got to do is boycott that's all they got to do look what happened in Missouri. When the players say they won't go into the bowl game, what happened? They fired the AD and the president. Right. That's all we got to do. But you know what? They won't do that. And it's, it, and again, it's in our room because, well, if I do that, he's not going to go to the NFL. He's not going to the NFL anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. But Chris, go back. a chance of revenue sharing in college right. and making but, money. Then you, you know what I'm saying? But, but go, go back again. And we just had this conversation about two hours ago on a conference call. Uh, with the undefeated, now called Anscapes, by the way. Right. Uh, and we had the same, car- we were talking about the, the Flores suit lawsuit. Right. And who's going to join it. And it's the same thing. You got all these black players and they should, you know, could they be united and blah, blah, blah. But you go back to when you were 18, 19 years old. Right. And the idea of standing up to Roly Massimino. Right. You know, and what he would say. Uh, you know, and, and, because I'm, I'm the same way, I feel with you, but then I'm like looking at, well, they're going to, they, you see what they did to Colin Kaepernick. They will right. flog you. They'll take right. you out in the hot sun, tie you up, and flog you. Right. Uh, and eventually they will get you. So I guess the idea is this principle of sacrifice. Uh, and and let's, let's, let's go back to when you were a freshman at Villanova. Right. What was your mindset? If somebody came to you and said, Chris, listen, man, we're going to do this boycott. You know, we're not going to play in this Big East tournament, you know. Now, it would take a lot of guys. Your father and your parents probably the first one. Boy, what you doing up there? Yeah, you no, know? you're right. I, I mean, but, but, but again, guys, listen, it, it's education. Bill, if there were guys around like you that were in my concentric circle that made me understand what this thing was all about, I would make a different decision. Right. I, pro- I only know if I would have played sports. I would have been mm. in finance. So mm. what I'm saying is when you come from nothing, right. that's all you know. When you're not exposed to things, I used to think Chinese food was was made with rats. I didn't know any right. different because I'm from Texas. 
And I go to Villanova, and guess what? My favorite cuisine is to this day, Chinese food. So yeah. what I'm saying is you only know as far as your feet can take you sometimes. They're, they're all going to test this. That's people in Brooklyn that never took that train, that C or the A train in Manhattan. Mm. It's just what it is. It's exposure. Mm. You know, and we can, I love, again, I love to continue. I got to run and get on set, but yeah. uh, I would love to continue this and, and really dive into this. But uh, I have to run, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, our guest has been the great Chris Walker. And like all of us, he got a job. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, know, you guys. It's a revolution. We're going to do it. I got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see you guys. Uh, thanks hey, thanks Chris, a lot, Chris. Best, right. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Bro's Pod is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's Important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These projects are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that's, that's great. great. That's great. We all got a job, man. We all yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We all got to do what we got to do. And, and and your question was was great too. You know, focusing on, you know, I mean, what we've talked about before. You're talking about young kids. You're talking about even even pro athletes are still in their twenties for the most part, and you're asking them to make decisions that that the regular person doesn't even think about until they're you know forty in their forties. You know, so I think that's part of it too, and I think that's taken advantage of. Uh, you know, by the by the you know the the powers that be in the sports. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I thought about, I mean, I'm talking about what I say this to Coach Banks in Morgan State. Right. You know, I remember I remember I was working at Ebony, and uh, this brother comes. You know, I won't mention his name, but he was at Newsweek, and like he came to Ebony, and like, oh man, so and so was going for Newsweek, and he wanted to do these things like, man, we ought to get a union, and we ought to do this, we ought to do that. And Mitchell Johnson says, man, I will fire the entire staff, you know, without even blinking an eye. And I knew he meant it, <laughs> you know, and you have to make a decision. Here I am, 25 years old. Am I going to listen? And I'm at Ebony Magazine. Am I going to be fired? You know, and, and and you could say, well, you could go ahead and, and, and be the revolutionary. But what are the consequences? You know, so... Yeah. And I've, I've, I've become more aware of that because we talk about this, man, the league is 77% black or, eight, you know, blah, 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 blah. But only a handful of those guys have that kind of, are, are shielded from consequences. You know, everybody else, man, is like probably week to week. Now I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I can't, you know, what does it look like? I'm going to go in and, you know, let's go charge, you know, is it? Right. And, and Chris made a good point about it. it's the circle 
that that's around you that you grew up with, you know. And so it's it's not just the NFL. It's not just the players in the NFL. Where do you think the players in the NFL come from? They come from the they're, they're the youth. They're the minority youth in this country, right. which is in a in a situation that they're in. Why? Because because of the, the dynamics of the country. Right. We've already been targeted before we get to the NFL. Well, it's up here. Right. It's 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 it's, it's a sort of brainwashing. Uh, that's effective, you know. Uh, so, but I, but I, I think he's absolutely right. Um, it's who you're around, what you read, what they tell you. But it's interesting. He said that he's looking. He's at the Final Four now, and, and he's been mm-hmm. generations of these kids. It's kind of the same mentality, and probably more intensified because there's more money. Right, right, and thing and things are, and just in general, society. When you look at you look at poverty. You look at the inner cities; they haven't improved. Okay, so why? So why would things be better? Why would our Why would our youth be in a better situation now, just because time has passed? Right. Somebody's because- got to be exploited. That's right. the That's the system. Somebody has got to be exploited, and we choose you. <laughs> yeah. So what else we got? What What else is going on? Final Four. Have you feel that? Oh, I, I meant to ask about the women. You know, I'm going to cover the women's tournament this year. Okay. Okay. You know? So, so Dawn, Dawn Staley is the favorite. Uh, South Carolina. It's so funny. Howard, the Howard women have to play South Carolina. Um, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the black schools, they make you play the playing game. And then when you win, they make you play like the Green Bay Packers. So that's interesting, too, right? Because it's the, you know, it was the MEAC and the SWAC. And those, and those and those are the those are the two conferences that are that are usually at the bottom, um, in terms of the competition they played in the wins and, and a lot of it is based off of you know the finances they have to build programs in the first place. So when we we talked about how we felt about you know like an A and T leaving the MEAC and going to uh, what is it, the Big South and I think and I think they're going to the now CAA. They they're going to the CAA, Colorado right. Athletic. Conference. And I watch I watched. Uh, the Big South tournament this year. I watched A and T play, and they look like they look like they got some different athletes out there. Mm. Okay, even even from just that move from the MEAC to the new conference, right? So by by leaving that conference, and they, remember they still they're still an HBCU. They right. just they've just switched conferences, and now they've they've already upped their level. And I'm sure going to the CA with Drexel and and teams like that. Now you know. You know, it's, it's about, you know, get that money. And I think that, that it's going it, to, it'll make their uh, athletic program much stronger in the future. I, think, I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about that. That's actually mm-hmm. I thought was a great column, a great story. Because do we become less of an HBCU? Because we're an HBCU and the Colonial Athletic Conference. We're still an HBCU. Right. That doesn't change it. And I was having a conversation about uh, Rube Foster, the, the founder of the Negro League. And that's all Rube Foster wanted. In 1920, when he formed the Negro, he said, I want us to be so efficient that eventually we will join Major League Baseball. We will come in as an entity. That's all he wanted. But Major League Baseball said, hell no, we don't want you in it at all. But what Hampton did, what A&T is doing is the same thing. He said, we're still an HBCU. We're still serving who we serve. We are just in this predominantly white mm-hmm. conference. Right. And, 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 and getting the, 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 the fruits of it. Right. Right. It's actually a smart move, and it, and, you, and, it, and it creates even more of a draw. Like you think those the the like we always talk about would the would the great athlete 
you know, would the top rated athlete go to an HBCU? And I don't think it's about, yeah, they would go. They've all, they all say when we go to the campus, Oh, I love that campus. Oh, are you kidding me? I love, mm-hmm. I love, I love the, I love the, the way it feels, but you know, who are they playing against? They're playing against, you know, low, low level teams. But now you take the HBCU to a higher conference, you're, you're more likely to draw that athlete because they feel better on campus and they can still play a high level of competition. You get to boast of both worlds. Right. And, and we'll be on TV and right. we get to go home to this black community, but we get the fruits of playing in this white conference and right. all the money that goes with it. I mean, that'd be like if you, you know, you're some black school and you're in the big tent. <laughs> yeah, said, said, well, you go play Michigan. You right. Know. Well, and and who knows? With you know, if, if they move, they move to the CAA that quickly. The CAA is is pretty close to like the Power Six, like compared to where the MEAC was or even the Big South. So who's to say in 10, 15, 20 years, they they couldn't be in the Big Ten or the or the ACC or the Big East? You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of made me rethink my thought because you're still. Uh, somebody's asked me about the black press. Uh, but today, and I said, well, you know, the black press is in my heart. When I go from the Afro to Ebony, and when I go to the Baltimore Sun, I still have the, have the black press in my heart. Right. When I go to the New York Times, the, right. the black press is still in me. Right. Or, or here at ESPN, you know, it's still in me. And it could be the same thing that we're still in HBCU, you know, uh, no matter where we go, we still have those HBCU counties. So that's kind of rethinking that. I, I, I have the motivation to call the editor and say, hey, man, I got a column for you. Yeah. No, sounds good. Are, are it, any of those schools in the? Uh, did they team your your alma mater? Did it make the tournament? No, and in fact, in fact, they were what I think they were like in the eight nine game within that big south. <laughs> but uh-huh. like I said, I when just from watching them, I was like, they look, they just look different. They had you know they they were bigger. All of a sudden, they're a bigger, more athletic team than they were when I when I used to watch them in the MEAC. So things are already changed. And, and it's interesting that they could move on from the Big South that quickly to the CAA, even though even coming in last or second to last in that conference, but they were competitive. They were more competitive nationally this year, I noticed. So Yeah, I wonder what they're going to be like in football. Uh, but yeah, so that that's, uh, and we see how in that Texas Southern, I think, did advance. Yes. Uh, they probably have to play, I think they got to play like Kansas. Or, yeah, they play, they play Kansas tonight. Yeah. Kansas, yeah, so. Kansas is a 22-point favorite, by the way. Just to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, can I, what can I see that game? That oh, either, It'll be either on CBS, TNT, TBS, or True TV. Uh, those are the four channels carrying the, carrying the tournament. So it'll be on one of those stations. Oh, okay, because I would like to. Although somebody says, what's the benefit of, although they took that more in the, conference, in the context of uh, football programs for the money games. So what's what's the value of getting beaten by eighty points? You know, uh, like you said, just the, probably just the money games. That's that's about oh, it. So what else we got, man? Uh, we, uh, speak, speaking of football, what about the uh, the Deshaun Watson news? Oh my God, that's we, we talked about that on the call too. That uh, because they were talking about Eric Bieniemy, Bieniemy, mm. why he couldn't get a job, and one guy said, "Well, you know, he's got something in his past." some sexual assault deep in his past. I said, man, these people are about to pay, make, make Jason Watson a gazillionaire. Right. You know, once, once the criminal thing was solved, said, okay, <laughs> that's all we need. And, you know, they're, they're not going to be held back by any of the civil suits. They're like, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So right. uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I probably should say this. I mean, I know that if I was the 
brother or father of any of those masseuse, you know, who, who had a suit, right. I would probably like, hate Deshaun. Right. You know, I would resent him and would not want him to play. But there's another part, you know, that feels that's I'm glad that he's playing. But again, I recognize that saying that if I was involved, if my sister or daughter, you know, was involved in that and being one of the plaintiffs, being really sued, I probably would not feel this way at all. Yeah, but I, and I also think there's the there's the murkiness factor to it in terms of how it all came about, uh, yeah. the the owner's connection uh, to to the lawyer who who is you know handling I think you know most of the women involved. So there's still there's still a question you know when you take away the criminal aspect of it, um, there become a bunch of civil suits, and none of those suits have been adjudicated. So there's still a question out there whether you know, whether he did this or not, you know, or, or, to, or to what extent it was. We're still not sure, okay? So I, I don't think you right. can go to either extreme and say, oh, well, he's a, he's a terrible guy for sure. I know he's a terrible guy for sure. I don't want him on my team. And you can't go and say, oh, he, he's completely exonerated. We don't, we still don't know yet. You no, know you're, you know, you're absolutely right. I know politically, it was just all fishy that right. as soon as he was standing up to the ownership, Right. And usually they said it's, it's almost like clockwork. They said, we're going to take this cat down. Right. You know, so, and there's, there's always that. Um, so, you, so you're right. I guess only time will tell as this thing unfolds, you know. Um, but meanwhile, I'll err on the side of the women. Right. But I still want to see him play because I do think that he was set up. Right. And, you know, you could say he was punished. What, for He hasn't played for a year and a half. So that was his punishment, not playing. Right. But he still got paid, right? He wasn't cut. He wouldn't do it for free. Right? Yeah, he wasn't cut. Uh, he wasn't out on the street. You know, they just, he would, they just wouldn't let him play. So I think there's, you should, we should make that distinction too. You know, it's not, he, still was, he, he still was getting paid through all of this. So it could have been worse, really. Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably hard for him not playing. Yeah. But it would have been hard harder right if he wasn't getting paid right and he hasn't been blackballed you know he didn't kneel you know i didn't try to speak up for black people you know so <laughs> i didn't do anything that would basically upset the apple cart exactly. You know? exactly so let my people go um the last big thing i wanted to ask you about was uh and i know you you wrote a you wrote a piece on this was uh was britney griner oh man it just got worse today uh where they said they're going to extend her uh confinement so um, I would just pray, man, that, uh, you know, because she's been going over to Russia for a while. Yeah. She's, he's helped her team win, I think, about five championships or more. Yeah. So I'd hope that she's built up enough goodwill, on the, at least on the behind the scenes. Right. That they're treating her well. Right. You know, that she's not being mistreated. Right. Uh, she just can't leave. But hopefully, that's my hope that she's not, that she's being treated with dignity and respect, you know. Right, and from what you hear in terms of people, you know, trying to work with, you know, work to get her released uh, or to whatever extent they can is that they're trying to deal with the oligarchs or the team owners who she might have, she might've had a relationship with, have known her. So maybe there is hope that she could be at least, like you said, treated with some sort of dignity. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, it's, it's a it's a terrible situation. Um, you know she's being you know she's being used as a 
as like a you know a pawn out there. Whatever her tr- her supposed transgression was, I don't even believe that. You know, a lot of people are like, oh well, she shouldn't have been uh, traveling with drugs. I mean, that's according to them, Russia. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they don't, they could have, you know, they, they just, they could have just held her and every, everything else. Russia is also saying they're saving Ukraine from, from Hitler or from, a, you know, like you right. can't believe anything that, that, that they're saying. So I would, so that annoys me when people say, oh, she should have been traveling. You can't believe that, that that's the reason, right. you know? Right. So um, there's that. And, and then the other piece of it was, you know, the reaction of a lot of people was like, well, you know, if she, if the WNBA, if she could make enough money from the WNBA, she wouldn't have to be out there in the first place. Um, and that, and that's a little complicated to me too, because I mean, does the NBA make enough money for, for them to pay her? Is it that simple? Well, no, I mean, I mean, that's the reality. They do not. Right. They don't. I mean, you know, you don't see, NBA, the only time you'll see an NBA player in Europe is after they get cut. Right, right. And they're trying to get back in the league or something. Then they'll either play overseas, make money, you know. But I think with the WNBA, that's part of the deal that if you want to maximize your income or somebody's just making his meat, that you got to travel. And that's just the way it is. And hopefully someday it will not be that way. Right. That you could be able to play women's professional basketball in this country and that will be enough and you don't have to like travel abroad maybe there'll be more teams more rosters so you won't have to go there for playing time and to keep your game sharp so and that's and that gets into the inequities of that we see in college basketball women's college basketball Uh, you know we saw this time last year with the difference between the men's and the women's tournament. Right, which they've tried to uh, put a Band-Aid over this year. They're, give, they're trying to make it seem as if that they're doing everything the same this year. They have, they're televised, you know, they're doing the brackets for the, for the uh, women's uh, tournament. They're, you know, they're, they're starting at the same time. Um, all, this, all this kind of stuff that they're trying to show that they're treating them equally all of a sudden, but we know that's not really happening either. It just goes, I guess, just to increasing how we value women. Mm-hmm. And women's sports. I mean, we clearly value Venus and Serena, right? And you know, but with women playing pro basketball, I think they need to get a lot more and and play basketball and even in the college tournament. You know, um, we just need to give them equal respect, which changes, which entails changing our entire attitude, right, toward women's basketball. But I, and I think it's coming. I think. Uh, you know, I just just from watching the women's game, even even at the high school level now, it's, it's a completely different game now, um, and they are they're they're just as exciting. You know, you watch you go to a high school girls game. You know, the best high school girls in the world. I mean, that's some serious serious skill they have, um, and the skill has increased over the years. So I think it's only a matter of time. I look at it like the NBA in the seventies. You know, it was, it was everything was tape delay. They weren't making all that much money. That the league wasn't making all that much money. Um, so I think that's where the WNBA is now. And I think I think you give it, you know, twenty years, it'll be a different story. Yeah, no, I, I agree because uh, there is a market there. Uh, you know, there is a market there. There are a lot of women, right? You know, viewers with eyeballs, right. uh, and plus guys who is just more. It's great entertainment, right? You know, and you, you're right. I mean. Uh, 
the NBA was doing tape of delay until 1986. You know, so yeah, I and think I, there's a lot of hope. And you watch but, women's. Te- I watch women's tennis now. I don't. I don't look at it as any discrepancy in in, in the talent. Even you know, that's it's actually high. better. Yeah, I. I it's, it's more power. Yeah, it's longer rallies. It's just a. That's. I guess that's a different game too. But. Uh, you know, women's tennis is very successful. I feel like, you know, one day basketball could get to that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But, you know, to me, it starts with a women's tournament. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in Minnesota. All right. Not in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, man, okay. okay. I know. I know. I was like, well, it's okay. Uh, what, do, what do you think of the idea of having them both together, having the men and the women's tournament together? Or, or the Final Four in the yeah. same city? yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, as long as it could be done logistically, but I, I don't see what would be, what's wrong with that. Um, you know, it doesn't. It wouldn't take anything away from the from the men's tournament. So I don't see why it would be a problem to do that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interesting concept. Somebody floated. I'm going to argue. So yeah. So that's good. So um, all right, man. So I think we've covered. Uh, you know, great guest today, Chris Walker. Uh, his book, the Elephant in Our Room, buy it. Yep. Uh, you know, we're still waiting for the Flores, the other shoe to drop on that. Uh, I, I guess the news was that he, they wanted him to go to arbitration. He didn't want to go to arbitration. He wants to go to court. Mm. You know. Um, so uh, yeah, man. So what do you got planned? What are, what are your are, are your are your sons? Uh, on the AAU trail, are they playing <laughs> kind of youth sports? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're still playing. Or my my uh, oldest son, seven, still seven years old. He's he's playing youth sports. He's playing. He has a bas- couple basketball games on Saturday with Riverside Church. Um, and you know now he's all of a sudden he's into like he wants to play hockey. All of a sudden, oh wow! So that, that's an expensive know, sport. I know. You know, we'll see what happens with that. You know, see how long that that one lasts. Um, Better get him on those skates now. I know, yeah. Trying to trying to teach him how to skate, get him out there in in Prospect Park. Um, but besides that, you know, I mean, you know, he's well, playing. Prospect I'm Park, all for Jamal. That's you got. Hey, we're you in gotta Brooklyn. Pay. We're in Brooklyn. We're in no, Brooklyn. man, you got to pay. The, no, you just do it on the cheap. You you got to pay money, man, to get one of these ice time in these indoor spots. Oh man, and the I equipment did. and all that. Come on, man. You can't. We got we to gotta start. We got to start somewhere. You know. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show me the, the love. Show me you got love, true love for it first. You know? See how bad you want it. Yeah, you be out there some, some, some degree. <laughs> no, man. You, you got, you get better fork over that money, man. That's what I'm Prospect Park. <laughs> hey, man, you gotta start somewhere. Gotta start somewhere. You gotta, sh- you gotta show, show me you really show want me, it. Show me you <laughs> How hard are you willing to work? Poor career walking miles <laughs> with the prospect park in some degree weather to skate. Where his where his uh, white kids are going to like the posh indoor, you know, indoor facility <laughs> with latte while their parents sit in the stands drinking uh, latte. And <laughs> hey man, see, I, even I don't know about this stuff. So you're, you're opening my eyes. Now, now I'm like, oh man, okay. okay I got well, you know, Pharrell, do you know Pharrell? You know Pharrell Evans, right? Pharrell, who uh, he's, he writes for the Undefeated. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you met him, but his son is really immersed in youth hockey. Oh, really? How old? For a few years. Mm-hmm. So he'll tell you chapter and verse about that. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Steve goes, man, don't you want to play basketball? Yeah. <laughs> basketball, even baseball. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, man. So, all right. Well, listen, uh, everybody, um, that kind of wraps up our show. Sorry we haven't been doing this religious. What was our last show? We took about a month off. A month. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Well, anyway, thanks to our millions of loyal followers for being patient. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, and stay tuned. We'll be back next week with something regular. Meanwhile, you can find us where? You can find us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Like I said, wherever you get your podcast, we're there. Uh, follow us on social media at BrosPod on Twitter, at BrosPod on Instagram, and on Facebook. We're on Bill Roden on Sports. So check us out there and uh, like the page. And like Bill said, we'll be back next week for sure. And with more Final Four March Madness stuff. And who, who knows what else will have happened by then. Yeah, so meanwhile, everybody, uh, you know, I know as things are opening up, uh, I'm still mm. wearing a mask. Probably not as frequently as I did, but right. I'm still aware. You know, so, you know, if you haven't been vaccinated, do so. Yes. They'll, they'll probably come up with a triple, uh, the, 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 the next booster. Yeah, it's it's coming. I think they're already coming out with that third booster for I think uh, people over sixty five. I heard that's coming, um, and I you know I saw there's a, a new strain in Europe right now that that's spiking oh, a little bit. So you know, just in time know, for March Madness. And then we got we got to talk we got to talk about Kyrie next time because that that saga is still going on. Yeah, man. You know, and Brooklyn. Well, we'll see. We'll see if they make the playoffs. Yeah. You know, that'll be a lot of, uh, yeah, in fact, we got a whole NBA thing we got to do. Yeah. So. yeah. And I, I, I've been saying, just briefly, I've been saying that about Kyrie. Like, no one has really been paying attention. I mean, some people paying attention that, you know, he's playing half the games. But if, if that happens in the playoffs, there are a lot more eyes on it. And there'll be That's a right. lot more opinions on that. That's right. And then there's game seven. And you can't play? Mm. Oh, my God. So we have that to look forward to. And Ben Simmons. Maybe Ben Simmons finally playing. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. So, everybody, so listen, uh, join us next week. Be safe, be careful, and uh, look forward to seeing you or, or seeing you by Zoom. Uh, so, God bless. Take care of yourself. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.